Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of Computer Report Podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. We are in prime time at 7 o'clock. Prime time. With a very special evening because the Bucks got busy today. They were a little on the quiet side yesterday outside of the trade for Shaq Mason. Today, business got done, ladies and gentlemen, and Bucks fans across the globe got to be very happy right now because they re-signed Levante David. They re-signed Anthony Nelson, and they found another quarterback, one that we've been talking about a lot this week, Tampa Baker. Baker Mayfield is coming to the Bucks, and there will be an open QB competition. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. Scott, what a huge day for the Bucks. Yeah, it really was. It started off, uh, you know, just with, with kind of like the the avalanche, if you will, with with Baker Mayfield signing. You had uh, Anthony Nelson, yeah. um, you know, squeezed in there like some lettuce on a sandwich that, that was uh, finished off by Levante David. So it was... It was a, it was quite a day today for the Buccaneers. Just just really an incredible uh, forty eight hours, if you will, for the Buccaneers in in terms of re signing. Well, I guess seventy two in re signing Jamel Dean and and Levante David. Really, when you looked at at uh, Pewter Report's board here, the top two guys, not just in Tampa Bay in terms of the free agency, but two of the best free agents in the entire class league wide. And so yeah. for the Buccaneers to get Jamel Dean back for $13 million a year, which was less than they paid Carlton Davis. And, you know, and, and then to get Levante David back for one year, $7 million. And then you see the Baker Mayfield signing one year, 4 million. You have Anthony Nelson back, who is a, a really good situational pass rusher and reserve uh, making, uh, you know, I think it's closer to 10 million really. So it's about, mm-hmm. Five million per year on average. I mean, that's that's a steal. And then you have Jamel Dean, like we talked about, Aaron Stinney coming back to help provide some competition at guard. Matt, things have gone about as well as they possibly could have for the Buccaneers. Credit to Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, the Bucks capologist. It's just incredible what this team has been able to do in free agency with such few resources. Uh, I, I remember talking to Josh Capo. And Josh was convinced Levante David was going to get, you know, over $12 million. And uh, I, I didn't think it was going to be that that robust of a market for a 33-year-old linebacker. I thought, you know, 10 would kind of be that delineation line. And and it'd be great if they could get him back for less than 10. If you would have told me, Matt, that the number would be seven for Levante David, I I would be over the moon and i am <laughs> without question like you said jason light and mike greenberg and the rest of the bucks front office deserve a ton of credit for what they're doing because you know they, they can't play a poker face or anything like that everyone knew what tampa bay was going into during free agency that was not a lot of money still needing to find a quarterback and a lot of holes a lot of people missing or going into free agency so I mean, let's start off with Levante David. One-year deal, $7 million. I mean, you look at PFF, and they were projecting around $12 million, like Josh Capo was talking about, or at yeah. least double digits. I thought Levante David was going to get that much. So the fact that they got him for $7 million, 
they get their dynamic duo back at linebacker. I know Devin White has fallen off a little bit, but um, you know, to get Levante David back, this is so important. Like that kind of yeah. was it was Jamel Dean Levante Dave, the top two guys on defense. So that man right there, Mike Greenberg. I don't know how we got it done. We got to give a shout out to uh, former pewter reporter Taylor Jenkins, who uh, yeah. he had the the meme of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen with Jason Light and uh, Mike Greenberg's faces yeah. photoshopped onto it. So just a fantastic job. I know that was the last move of the day, but for Bucks fans, I think that's most important. Obviously, Levante David has a special place in the hearts of Bucks fans all over the globe. So, uh, yeah. you know, shout no out doubt. to Levante being back. Yeah, and shout out to J.C. Allen for joining us as well. Uh, let's get your thoughts on uh, on the news here. Uh, the Jamel Dean signing obviously happened a couple of days ago, but when you look at at uh, Levante David and what he means to this team, not just from a sentimental Bucks legend perspective, <laughs> you know, but Buck fans want him back just because he's that familiar face they've come to love. But I mean, what he does for this defense, JC. Yeah, I, I think when you look at what the Bucks have done as a whole has just been really fantastic. Um, the way they came into this, you know, over $60 million, almost $60 million negative cap. They had to restructure contracts, release guys, make some tough decisions just to get cap compliant. And not only do they get cap compliant, they do so in a way that none of us thought that they get there and then they make these big moves. They make the move for Jamel Dean to bring him in and bring him back at a, as a sizable contract, but still a great deal for the team. That's a team-friendly deal if I've ever seen one. Aaron Stinney comes back. He's playing on the veteran minimum. He's got a contract with incentives where he can hit up to 2.5. It's, it's another solid deal. You know what you have in Stinney. He might not be a starter, but at least you have a quality backup in him and for the veterans minimum you can't say no to that then they bring anthony nelson back a little bit more money than i think i would have liked them to spend but still he's another guy you know what you're getting he's steady eddie he's not going to wow you with his pressures but he'll make a playmaking play here or two um and he'll be solid in, in both run support and and containing uh rushers on trying to get out the out of the pocket he's just kind of an all-around backup player so um you know great move there and then Baker Mayfield, I think we all kind of um, thought there was down to really two guys, regardless of what our battle plan, shout out to Maddie, the only one who got the battle plan quarterback, right, <laughs> uh, with Baker Mayfield. It's a great pickup. It's a high, you know, low risk, high reward type deal. Who knows what else other moves they make, if if it's a Drew Locke or if it's an undrafted free agent or, or, or draft pick. But great, solid move by them, too, to bring in a guy who's got over 60 starts, has had some ups and downs and, you know, really low points and really high points in his career and will come in and compete for that yeah. uh, starting job with Trask. Plus, uh, he's got experience in McVay's system, which part of Canales' system is going to have aspects of that as well. So he's kind of got a little head start over Trask in some of the offense and maybe some of the terminology. And and then Levante David. Wow. You, you said it. You took the words right from me. $7 million. That That's just an, an incredible number to have him back at. I was there that 12, 13, $14 million. I thought the Dolphins would be very aggressive on him as kind of one of the last pieces to that defense. But the linebacker market, besides Tremaine Edmonds, has really been a soft market. And yeah. um, when, when you look at what some of these other guys got, uh, you knew the number would be less. I think, Scott, we were talking like nine, nine and a half. But yeah. to get him for seven yeah. um, as the leader of your defense is just an unreal number. And hats off go to 
Mike Greenberg and Jason Light and Jackie Davidson again. They just work magic somehow. They're not hindering themselves too much in in the future with with uh, void years and pushing money out where they won't be able to make some moves next year with the cap and the Shaq Mason trade too. I mean, you dropped like 10 picks from what you had last year and you get a great season of value from him and you lose one of your two sevens, not a big deal. So great job by them. We yeah, got it, a it, uh, super chat from Salty Buccaneer. Yeah. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. Uh, they say when Edmonds got under ten million a year, I knew we had an honest shot to get Levante David back. Let's shore up the DB room now and bring back <clears throat> Neil Ryan and or Edwards. I think we're all in agreement. Logan Ryan should be the first yeah. guy on the list uh, yeah, out of those be. DBs that should be back for the Bucks. Uh, but to that point, the fact that they were able to get Levante David for so much less than I think all of us expected. I believe that makes it not great, but somewhat okay that we're not all in love with the fact that, uh, you know, Anthony Nelson got the deal that he got. It's good that Anthony Nelson is back, but I think we're kind of all in the same area of maybe it was a little bit too much. But you can kind of overpay in that situation because you got Levante under cost, because you got Jamel Dean under cost. And that helps out with Anthony Nelson, man, because – we don't know what's going to go on with Shaq Barrett. I'll be totally I, honest. That, I have no expectation. I, I think that's the big thing. Anthony that, Nelson could end thing. up being the starter, like at right. the beginning yeah. of next season. And JTS has been very up and down. Anthony Nelson, 10 and a half sacks over the last two seasons, um, led outside linebackers with five yeah. and a half sacks last year. That was tied for second on the team with Devin White. And he mm-hmm. led the team in forced fumbles. We talked about it. The Bucs have to get after the ball a lot more. Right. Mostly with interceptions, but right. they got to yeah. get those strip sacks as well. And yeah, Anthony three Nelson was the one who was doing right. it the most. Almost an interception that got called back. Yeah. And he wasn't a liability. Yeah. He wasn't a liability in the yes. run game. Wasn't a liability in coverage. Would he like to have some plays back? Could he? Did he make some plays? Absolutely. But you're right. If Shaq's not there, at least they know what they have yeah. in Nelson. Um, if they need to rely on a starter. Now, maybe they go draft somebody. Maybe they bring in another veteran other than Carl mm-hmm. Nassib. Uh, those are still options on the table. But you know what you have in a starter. He knows the system. You trust him. Five and a half is a little steep for me. But I, uh, when you save that money, like you said, Matt, on those other two guys, why not? You know, Reward well, the guy for good play. And the thing is, if, if you listen to Todd Bowles in his very last Total Access with Todd Bowles show – of the year, this was after the loss to the Cowboys in the playoff game. Casey Phillips from the Buccaneers uh, radio network and Buccaneers.com asked Todd Bowles, who was the most improved player on the team? And he said two names. And the names he said were Anthony Nelson and Jamel Dean. He got both of them back. And so uh, for Todd Bowles, these were two guys that were really instrumental. And I think what it does is we all know that they're going to draft an edge rusher this year. Just you have to just to be on the safe side in case Shaq Barrett doesn't come back fully. Uh, just in case Joe Tryon Shawinka is, is nothing more than a four sack guy, more of an athlete than he is a, a you know a football right. player, so to speak. So that they've got to safeguard themselves for the future there. And plus, Shaq's thirty as well. But you can never guys, have too many. <laughs> you can never have too many pass rushers. You're, you're right. And and. Uh, I just think that if Shaq Barrett had been healthy all year, even if he'd been like an eight sack guy, even if it had been like a little disappointing, right? Yeah. Not get double digits. Even if he'd been an eight sack guy, I, I don't know that that they feel the need to bring back Anthony Nelson, but given Shaq's injury and how JTS just kind of has flattened out at that four sack number, 
the pressures were there a little bit more this year, but I think that honestly was a production of just more snaps. So and, I think I think that's the reason why Nelson's back. And and I don't I don't hate them. I I you know bring him back and let him compete and and let the ships fall where they may. And to your point, Scott, I think as you said about that the this still will have the Bucks you know draft an edge rusher depending on what round it remains to be seen. But I, yeah. what I like about it with the signing of Nelson and that is that it opens it up for they can really draft any different type of pass rush. You know, yes. we kind of felt after going to the combine that they were going to stay away from like the taller, lanky, long arm type of guys. Because yeah. you know what? Anthony Nelson is kind of that. Right. <laughs> so yeah. when you right. have that type of player there, you can go for maybe a speedster or a guy that's a little more physical. You know, JTS kind of fills into that guy who's built like a statue type of player that maybe they don't necessarily have to go after that yeah. now. Mm. Maybe you go after a guy who's a little bit quicker, maybe not necessarily like a Cam Gill style, but a little bit bigger there maybe a little more polished with the pass rushing moves. It opens the door for really any, tr- truly legitimately any type of like pass rusher that the Bucks fall in love with uh, in this right. draft class. They don't have to pigeonhole themselves into a specific type of guy. Yeah. Well, and, and also too, the, the guys that they spoke with at the combine were not Lucas Van Ness. They were not, exactly. you know, they, they were not uh, uh, the big kid from Michigan. Um, uh, the small guys, the Derek yeah. Halls and the and the Nolan Smiths. Yeah, F- Felix Anaduke, Ozama, yeah. Will McDonald. Yeah. Those those were the more more honestly of the Shaq Barrett type, speed edge rusher types rather than the big more physical types. And you know what? Right. I, I I agree. Alien Mastodon. I would I would love to see uh, Felix Anaduke, Ozama here. And oh, I, I would say would? that I would say that even if he was a Kansas Jayhawk, to be honest, he's just that good of a player. He's got some real bend to his game. And, and trust me, I do not speak very highly of Jayhawks at all. So for me to even utter those words, especially in March Madness time, it's almost like blasphemy. But seriously, Felix Anadike Ozama can play. And trust me, if you put on a Will McDonald highlight tape from Iowa State, you got a bunch of sacks against Kansas State. I got all the respect in the world for that guy. <laughs> he can get the job done. He's got long arms. He's in their speed guy. And so th- th- those guys, as you mentioned, Derek Hall from, uh, from Auburn, uh, Isaiah McGuire from Missouri. Those are some of the edge rushers that that uh, they're going to get. And, you know, we'll see if they bring back Carl Nassib, too. I, mm. I almost thought yesterday, guys, I'm going to get your, your take on this. When Nacho left to go to the Giants, and we talked about that, that really was a, uh, you know, a, a, a blow uh, to the coaching staff. They really wanted Nacho back in a big way just because of the energy that he brings to the, mm. the defense practice on game days and all that uh, he, he brings the juice and you have to wonder now if there's a little bit more of an impetus to bring back Carl Nassib, even just to compete for depth and training camp on a one-year prove it deal. He's 30 years old. He's well past you know the big contracts, yeah. but Nassib's one of those guys that just brings the juice as well. He's that fire starter in practice and you know, on game day. So I'd love to see Carl Nassib come back, even though they signed Anthony Nelson. And even though they're probably going to draft, uh, uh, an edge rusher early in the draft. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Carl Nassib. The only thing that concerns me, it's not really specifically Carl. It, it's the outside linebacker room as a whole. I mean, Todd Bowles spoke about the fact that they needed to get more production from their outside linebackers. And sure, yeah. Shaq Barrett being injured is a big part of it. But if you got that lack of production, are the Bucks really that confident that, you know, Anthony Nelson's going to take the next step and, and JTS – trajects right. in the in in the proper way that they all want him to because if it's like all right 
we didn't love what we got from the outside linebackers. Let's just bring everybody back and hope they yeah. do better. I don't right. necessarily love that strategy. Now, if you, draft a good process. You're right, linebacker, yeah. if you draft another edge rusher, then sure, it adds another one into the mix. And, you know, it, maybe it motivates all the other guys around him. I love Carl Nassib. I agree with everything about the, the energy and, and, and pumping everybody up. It's just a little bit odd to me if you had a room that struggled across the board for the most part, with the exception of Anthony Nelson, to all of a sudden bring everybody back and be yeah. like, all right, we're good. We did our job in free agency. Yeah, I guess it really depends on where they draft the outside linebacker, the edge guy, right? right? If they draft one in the first, second, third round, then you know that they, you know, this is a guy who's going to see playing time. He's not a developmental right. project. He's a guy that they want to step away and contribute somehow. So if that's the case, and then you want to have five guys and you bring NASA back, I'm totally fine with that. I didn't, I had NASA on my battle plan at Anthony getting yeah. more money elsewhere. So I only had one of them coming back. I see what you're saying, Matt, like the redundancy, if you yeah. don't, if you don't invest in it with a higher draft pick, um, a guy that can, you know, play that second or third role, depending on if Shaq's ready to go week one, then it doesn't make much sense to just bring them back and bring like a sixth rounder in to compete. Um, I don't, I, it's one of those things that's you kind of wait and see what they do, what, what else they have up their sleeve. Cause right now, I mean, they could surprise us with anything guys. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they're finding ways to do it. Yeah. Yep. Really uh, anything is on the table, but you know, we've had all this discussion about, juice and, and energy and things like that. So of course we got to talk about the official sponsor of the Peter report podcast, Celsius energy drinks. Make sure you check out their new flavors. Uh, the fantasy vibe. It's like drinking an orange creamsicle, which is absolutely awesome. Bucks yep. fans love creamsicle. We saw a comment before that said, I want to see Levante David in a creamsicle Jersey. I want to get that Jersey. Well, you have the opportunity this year. Also shout out to the sparkling lemon lime, a fantastic flavor. Huge fan of that. Quickly went into the ranks of my top five drinks. Uh, seven essential vitamins, uh, no crash, no post-energy drink jitters that you get with other products. Uh, if you want to find out where to get some, punch in your address on the Celsius store locator. It works perfectly. It was fantastic. We used it when we were at the Combine in Indianapolis. Went to our local convenience store, or as I like to say, your bodega. So go bodega. to your nearest bodega. Get a Celsius energy drink. If you want to get them in bulk, get the variety pack. It is bodega season. It is always bodega season. Um, if you want to get it in bulk, though, um, go to Celsius. Do the uh, Go to Celsius. Well, you're going to order Celsius. Go to Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save. Um, have Celsius sent to your house or apartment every month, quarterly, yearly, if you want to. Um, do the subscribe and save on Amazon. Get the variety pack. Variety is the spice of life. And just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. We got a uh, super chat that I wanted to get to because yeah. if you super chat us, you get to cut the line. We are the bouncers and you right. are now the VIP. So let's give a shout out to LDBC's Most Wanted. Thank you for the $4.99 super chat. They say, Light said, screw a rebuild. <laughs> this is a reload all we need is another jason light 2018 caliber draft and we got the south under wraps shout out pr shout out to pewter report and the pewter report podcast yeah well we talked a lot scott about that the bucks need to hit some home runs this year when it comes to the draft so yeah there is still a lot of pressure for as great of a job jason light has done early on in free agency 
Um, you know, the book is not closed by any means, and a lot of this will be determined with how the Bucks navigate the uh, drafts coming up at the end of April. So, um, you know, does it have to be as good as the 2018 class? I'm not exactly sure. I, I think the competition isn't as difficult, really. Uh, the Falcons are making a lot of signings, the Panthers too, but, you know, we've seen in the past teams can make big signings and they can yeah. make the postseason, but they're not always like a Super Bowl contender. And as we talked about on yesterday's show, the New Orleans Saints are getting ripped to shreds. They uh, really you know, are, yeah. Day by day, hour by hour. So, JC, um, just your thoughts about Jason Lay. I mean, we already praised him, but just navigating this NFC South and this draft, um, it, it, he's not on the hot seat at all, Jason Lay. But um, is this a like must need in this year's draft to, to at least get three or four starters out of it? Well, you know, you look at the landscape of the NFC. Uh, you know, the Saints have has defenses got entirely shredded. You got a new coaching yeah. staff, potentially a first round draft pick, uh, starting his his games out there. Unless they go with Andy Dalton with the Panthers and and the Heineke uh, Ritter connection down there in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, teams are still stocking up. The the Panthers just brought in Miles Sanders. Yeah, Jamal Williams just went to the Saints. So it's how does how does Light volley these moves? How does he say, okay, this is where you guys are going? Uh, not necessarily how do I build a team that can beat your team, but how do I stay relevant? How do I keep our team the team to beat in the NFC South? Yeah. And that's going to be with some more of these valued signings, which was what he talked about at the combine value signings, uh, which he's gotten for his own players. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not counting <laughs> yeah. other potential teams that might want to uh, players that want to come play for this team. But the draft, you're absolutely right. He doesn't have to, I think, have a perfect draft, but it needs to be something like that 2020 draft. It needs to be two guys come in and they're immediate starters and they and they make impact plays for this team. I yeah. think I, I almost I, I almost have to have to take it to the 2018 draft as the as the previous um, post said. Uh, in that draft, he got four starters, right? And and there wasn't that immediate impact guy like Tristan Wirfs, who just mm-hmm. all of a sudden Pro Bowl caliber from day one in Winfield. You know, looked like an absolute ace and a surefire Pro Bowler during his rookie season. Um, I, I think it's I think it's got to be like the 2020 draft and the 2018 draft combined. No, where if yeah. you go back if you go back to that 2018 draft, you had Vita Vea. Now there are a couple misses, right? We could say what we want about Rojo. He helped out during the Super Bowl year. He's no longer like on a, on a team right now. Um, but really, if you look back at that that draft a couple of years after it happened, Vita Vea, Carlton Davis, Alex Kappa in the third round, Jordan Whitehead in the fourth round. Those are four. Right big time quality starters two of which got mega deals re-signed here in Tampa the other two got rich deals outside of Tampa Kappa with the Bengals and then obviously Whitehead with the Jets but to your point JC I I, I agree with you this is the year where they they got to get four or five starters in this draft class and two of them have got to be impact players right. guys that you know boom home run right out right. of the gate not just a single or a double Jace Light's kind of done that a little bit, right? Uh, Camarda, okay, that's a, that's a double. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Otten, okay, that's a that's a, a single or a double. Uh, Rashad White, okay, that's a single or a double. Hope, hopefully, these guys turn into triples and maybe yes. walk, you know walk around home runs. But this is the year. This draft has got to be mega, mega, mega good, and mm. and he's got to have some of those other guys, right? Joe Tryon, Shoenka, uh, Logan Hall. 
Kyle Trask. These guys have got to rise up and show that they're right. not wasted picks. Uh, absolutely. And I think you can get one of those guys. I mean, you look at Peter Report's uh, darling, Brian Branch. It's been yeah. all yeah. over our mocks because I think he's one of those guys who can step in and he's going to be a starter. He's going to be a quality starter and he gives a versatile piece. And then you've got to come back in the second round and you got to hit on something else. So that's going to be a rotational edge guy who's going to give you six sacks this season and be an impact player. Whether that's an offensive lineman, maybe you throw a guard or a tackle in that competition there. Whether it's uh, another position, tight end, in a very deep tight end rich draft. I don't think they should go there or defensive tackle. That that, whoever they bring in has to be a guy that can come in and and deliver above average snaps to this team. And then the rest of the guys, they got to find rotational roles until they can grow into starters, just like that 2018 class did. Yeah, that that's what I was curious to get your guys' thoughts about because they have to pinpoint the certain positions where they can get those like instant starters or instant impact players and signing Jamel Dean kind of takes corner off the board because they don't right. need to find like uh, a right away starter there. Unless I it's think, a slot corner. I think safety. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like a nickel corner, which again, the Brian branch system or they right. go with another safety that can also play the nickel, whether it's Jamie Robinson. I think JC, you have him in your uh, Bucks yes. battle plan. I had mentioned Sidney Brown as well. A couple of guys right. that play safety, but can also play in the slot. So I really think like, Safety is one of those positions, obviously left tackle, um, depending on what they decide to do there. If they move Tristan or if and draft the right tackle um, or they decide to draft the left tackle, that's obviously a, a glaring one right there. And then defense tackle is interesting as well with only Vita and Logan Hall on the defensive line. We've always, or Scott, you said a lot and others have said that, you know, defensive tackle is like the toughest one of the toughest positions for players to like come in right away and make an impact because yeah. you have to get bigger and you're learning the game at such a rapid pace, almost as much as like a quarterback or a defensive back. So I don't know. Those are like the first three that popped into my head, obviously tight end, you have Kate Otten there, but I'm curious yeah. if those are like the main, the main ones for finding instant home runs right away. Yeah. And, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they can hit on the right edge rusher, right? I mean, Will McDonald uh, it's, it's not, it's not unreal to to have a guy come in, even if JTS is going to start, even if you've got Shaq Barrett who comes back and is healthy enough to go and, and all of that. Uh, we've seen Anthony Nelson pile up some, some sacks right in a yeah. reserve role. And if you've got a guy that's, that's better, faster is more of like one of those, those uh, just speed rushers off the edge, whether it's Will McDonald from Iowa state, Felix Anadike Ozama from Kansas state. Um, I, I've seen it happen before where there, you, you get a, a guy that comes in fresh and uh, he's the pass rush specialist and he ends right. up getting six, seven, eight sacks uh, and and uh, and is not a full time player and gets just as many sacks as the starters do. So right. I wouldn't like, rule I think, that out either. I think like Charles Amanu, who uh, however you say his last name, Amanu, Amanu. Had a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had 54 pressures, only playing 50 percent of the snaps and, yeah. and five and a half sacks. If you get a guy that can give you that as a rookie you got to love that. Like that's, yeah. that's perfect. And those guys you outlined, those guys would be perfect in that role. Uh, I think having a third pass rusher, just because he's not a starter, it's become more important in the NFL. It really is. Starting yeah. to see other teams do it. It's almost like having a nickel cornerback, having mm -hmm. that third pass rusher, especially when you have a guy who's got flexibility, who can kick it on the inside and yeah. in pass rushing. So defense uh, essentially gives you all three of your guys in different looks and different, and with the way bulls can move guys around and yeah. design exotic looks, it just gives you that much 
that much uh, to play with. And I think that corner safety is such a hard thing because the Bucks have to make a decision. And Bulls mm-hmm. talked about that. Antoine Winfield has got to play a position. Is that free safety or is that nickel? It's going to be want- free safety. He's free safety. he's he's yeah. not going to be playing nickel. Uh, right, exactly. That, so, that experiment was over. You know. So then, the when you year. have him playing free safety, um, now you have two spots right now that are unfilled on this team, and that's strong safety and nickel yep. cornerback. So the Bucks need two of those guys, and I, and I would think that they would need two of those guys either higher in the draft. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them go, even if they took Brian Branch and take Jamie Robinson in the yeah. third round and have back-to-back. J- Jason Light loves du- loves to double up as it is. Yeah. But they need two of those guys to come in and make an impact. They could re-sign Logan Ryan, and I think a lot of us think he- they might do that. Um, He's been tweeting a ton about the Bucs. He was very happy for, but is he a starter, though? for Jamel Dean and for Levante David. I think he's a starter, uh, you know, next to Antoine Winfield Jr. If they go the route of drafting a safety and making them the, the nickel yeah. corner, I absolutely think Logan Ryan's a starter. He was an impact yeah. player early on in the yeah. season before he got well, hurt. So let's get to so. the super chat here from Bucks Basement. We appreciate that $5 super chat. Happy we got Levante and Dean back. Baker makes the Bucks watchable. We overpaid for Nelson. Yeah, I, I think that's that's all fair to say. And, uh, you know, I I yeah, agree with, with that. Yeah. Let's get into Baker Mayfield. We kind of buried the lead. Well, Levante was the lead, but Baker Mayfield was the early morning lead. We didn't get too much into yeah. Baker Mayfield just yet. As Greg yeah. says, does, does the Baker means that uh, Blaine Train is toast? Sorry, yeah. Scott. Yeah, it is. Yeah, un- unfortunately, it looks like it's the... Uh, well, some the other... End- some other team will enjoy a hero. It won't be Tampa Bay, but um there goes my, my hero. Watch Blaine as he goes. Oh, Matt, I didn't say congratulations to you, Matt. Rubbing up on the jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blaine. He will always have a special spot in Tampa. He also just golfed recently. The Valspar Championship is uh coming oh. up. That's that's in um Worst was his caddy, I think. Yeah, Tristan Worst was his caddy. Coke Keith was a caddy as well. But uh, let, let's oh, get back you know, in. Yeah. Let's get back to Baker Mayfield. That was yeah. the big news this morning. Uh, signed a one-year deal, four million can get up to eight point five million if uh, you know all those incentives hit. And uh, I've seen mixed reactions from Bucks fans in general, and I totally understand. I mean, we had differences of of opinions when it came to Baker versus Jacoby Brissett and Brissett is now with the Washington commodes. So uh, no longer an option <laughs> well for the said, Buccaneers. Well said. Um, I understand the, the worries about Baker, like, okay, he started falling off. Yeah, he played through the torn labrum injury. Um, clearly couldn't make it in, in Carolina. He had the big uh, moment with the Rams, but like it was that moment and then kind of snapped back to reality. So as Ed says with this comment, how will Dave Canales change Mayfield? Well, the one thing is he's going to make Baker like the point guard. That's, that's his big thing is that he's going to make whoever the quarterback is, they're just going to dish the ball. And he's big on the QB waggles, which is why the mobility of Baker Mayfield, while again, he's not Jalen Hurts or anybody like that, he can move around. Um, I just, I, for me personally, I just like the fact that Baker, um, he's going to sling the rock. I understand it'll get him into trouble sometimes, but he's going to push the ball down the field. And if Dave Canales can harness it in the right way, like he did with Geno Smith, he's got a lot of talent around him, arguably the most talent that Baker Mayfield has ever played with in his career. And I'm not anointing him the starting job. Kyle Trask could very much 
win this opportunity. But I, I just I, I like the attitude that he's going to bring. I said before, it's the attitude era in Tampa with Baker Mayfield getting here. I like that he's going to come in with the screw you and F you type of attitude. I think, uh, you know, the way things went last year for the Bucs, they kind of need that. They kind of need, uh, you know, that that swift kick from the behind to get things yeah. going for this season. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And when you look at, at Mayfield, he's going to have the opportunity to really get his his career back on track. You only get so many swings at, at, at the plate. And I hate baseball, but I'm going to use that analogy. I know you hate baseball. You've been using I know, it. It's just it's so, it's such a good analogy. I mean, I, you could say you, you only get so many swings uh, at the ball if you're a kicker, but it just sounds better when it's bad. You're right. Um, but it's true. But, you know, so here here's a guy that, you know, Cleveland, Carolina, L.A., Tampa Bay, right? This four stops within span of one year, essentially. Right. And if, if if it doesn't happen here, then he is a Jameis Winston, right? He's, right? he's just a career backup. He's a Jacoby Brissett, although Brissett might win a job up in, in Washington. <laughs> but he's, it, but his, his status just drops. You only have so much, you know, capital with that. Hey, I was the number one overall pick. We saw that, that worked out for Jameis Winston. Not too well. So um, I, I, I think that he's, he's going to certainly give it his best shot. Uh, he's got all the, the motivation to double his salary, essentially, if, mm. if he hits on some of those incentives. I think he comes here thinking that, hey, all I have to do is beat out uh, an inexperienced guy that couldn't even beat out Blaine Gabbert for the number two next year. I don't think he's scared of that. I don't think Baker Mayfield's scared of anything, really. Uh, I like the swagger that he brings. But the, the biggest thing is, and it goes back to Ed's point, how is, is Dave Canales going to change Baker Mayfield? The one, thing, the one thing he has to do, coach the interceptions out of Baker Mayfield. Uh, know when to give up on a play, be a little bit more conservative, rely on this Todd Bowles defense and running game to help you out. And if he can do that, if he can harness those interceptions, which is something Jameis Winston couldn't do, then – then you might have something here in Baker Mayfield. Uh, if if Baker uh, goes back into being that kind of sensational guy that is not afraid of any throw, it's going to result in some spectacular plays. It's going to result in some spectacular interceptions. And we saw that with Jameis Winston, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions in his final year in Tampa. I don't know if Baker's going to get those numbers, but but that's the big thing. He's just got to be less turnover prone. First rule of football, don't beat yourself. Right. That was huge point of emphasis, too, is protecting the football, uh, you know, turnovers, fumbles. That's something that they do not want from their quarterbacks. As Matt said, they want them to be that point, that point guard, that game manager, that guy who can not only sometimes elevate his team to win, but be a part of the reason why they're winning um, because of his distribution skills. And Baker's got to work on that. But I think he's also had three head coaches in his career, you know, with the Browns. And then he moved to, I never thought Carolina was the great fit for him. I agree. I, I feel yep. like it was just the only team that would trade something for him yeah. at that, that, that had a need. Um, you saw when he went to Sean McVay at Vay's offense in the Rams, you saw that little spark and especially in that one game. Um, and, and, I mean, you look at what he was dealing with there. Cooper Cup was was out. Allen Robinson was useless. Van Jefferson was banged up. The offensive line was decimated. And he still finished throwing 800 yards on the season in, in just, you know, five games, essentially, four and a half games, essentially. So I think, you know, 
with what Canales is bringing, part of that system in here, we got a brief look at it. Like I said, he's got, he's already kind of got an upper hand to Trask, so to speak, because he might know some of the terminology and some of the things that they're going to run once he sees it. It might be called something different, but he's like, oh yeah, we ran this last year with the Rams. I know this one. Um, so like, I, I think that gives him an upper hand. It's still going to be, I think, a good competition. With that salary, only $4 million, I, I think they're saying you need to earn this. And I think Baker's going to come in here. I think he's going to still have that swagger, that attitude, that presence. But I think it's going to be a more humbled presence because, Scott, you said it. If he doesn't get, if he doesn't write the ship this year, yeah. um, forget about the money, forget about the next team. You know, he's in a Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, no man's land That's where right. he is nothing but a backup going forward. That's right. Yeah, Baker can't come in and start demanding anything. He hasn't even earned, you know, the number one QB job. And I heard he I, had Jarvis Landry on his wish list. I think it's good. I think it's good to, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not pulling the. Aaron Rodgers can pull that. Uh, yes. Baker Mayfield cannot. But I think what's important to point out is, you know, his best season was probably 2020 when the Browns made the playoffs for the first time right. in uh, almost a decade, and they beat the Steelers in the first round and then mm. lost to the Chiefs who went on to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Um, but that season, Baker threw for 3,563 yards. He had 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And then that next year when he played injured, uh, still threw for 3,000 yards, had 17 touchdowns, but the interceptions went up to uh, 13. So, yeah, it's all about limiting those interceptions. And, mm. you know, you see the number, you know, 3,563 it's not like insane. It's not like Tom Brady break, breaking the uh, you know the Bucks <laughs> passing records and things right. like that. But let's yeah. remember the Browns were always predicated off of a great running game with Nick Chubb, there. and that's what Tampa Bay is looking for: is to reinvigorate the the run game with Rashad White as running back one. Potentially, there are some uh, conversations had on social media <laughs> about Ezekiel Elliott. Um, yeah. He's not coming to Tampa, by the way. He's not coming bubbles. to Tampa, so we, yeah. we have it uh, official. Yeah. Zeke is not coming. To That's just speculation. That's not there's, – there's no – just because Skip Pete coached Zeke last year doesn't mean Skip Pete wants Zeke in Tampa. I'm not saying he doesn't or does, right. but it's not an automatic. Just because the position coach coached him last year in his previous stop that he's automatically going to come. Just like Rashad Penny didn't come to Tampa with Dave Canales. I don't know if Drew Locke is going to come here. As the uh, as, as the number three quarterback, Travis Homer didn't even come here. We could have exactly actually yeah. been the number two. And yeah, I like. That. I just think it would be it wouldn't do anybody any favors, specifically Rashad White. Like you just released yeah. Leonard Fournette, who was the veteran guy who got the snaps partially because right. he was the veteran in the room. You bring in Zeke, and you know you're going to have to give him the ball a little right. bit. Right. It's like why why yeah. do that when you have Rashad that's not White the plan. There? You're right. That's, That's not, not the plan. plan. This why is not, not the last three years where you're bringing not, any exactly. all pro, pro bowl like player. Rewinding and just, the tape, essentially. You got to move forward. Why not have Rashad White be the guy, even though he's younger, and then bring it, and you still have Keyshawn Vaughn on the roster. Bring in a you know sixth, seventh round pick uh, at yeah. running back. I would not be surprised him. if they go, just like you said, Matt, if they go with a day three running back, and then they have an undrafted free agent, and there's your four. Yeah, and the reason right. I say that is – Rashad he's young, White. He's going into his second year. Like he's the guy. Let yeah. him be the guy. Here's here's three things about about the Bucks running back situation and why I think they're going to go really really young. Number one, they have a very 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 old and experienced running backs coach in Skip Pete. He has mm. been there and done that with <laughs> the likes of Charlie Garner, Todd Gurley, 
um, you know, Ezekiel yeah, Elliott, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard it, you know, the list goes on and on. His he, he's the experienced guy in the room. You don't need a veteran. Number two, you have Rashad White, and just like you said, Matt, you're spot on. You want to give him as many opportunities as you can because he might be the future at the position. Let him succeed or fail. You also have Keyshawn Vaughn, who is entering year four now, a contract year, and give him some shots uh, at, at the number two spot. But perhaps the most important thing is Rashad White. He is the most mature rookie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we all experienced I, that in training camp. When we did the training camp diary with this right guy, we're program. like, you're supposed to be the rookie. Right. We, we do like one with the rookie, <laughs> one with the veteran. You're sounding like the veteran, even though this yeah. is your first go around here. Right. He's mature beyond his years. And, and I think that that is going to help him immensely step into the starting For- number one running back role. For me, the only reason I think they they would bring a veteran in, not for experience, not to lean on, but a veteran guy who who plays special teams, um, because be. you never yeah. you never know what you're going to get out of an undrafted guy on special teams. You know they're going to work hard, but yeah. are they going to be good at it? And, and I think if they had a, yeah. a chance to get a veteran guy who's had a couple snaps here and there, but is a, a you know really good special teams addition, whether that handles kickoffs or returns, or whether he's just a solid special teams tackler. Um, that's the only way I think they'll, you know, really yeah. look at it. This is a deep running back draft too. Yeah. So th- there's going to be up there. Yeah. They did it four be. years ago with Vaughn. Want yeah. to give a Raymond quick Coy. shout out. Uh, Matthew had the super chat up. He said that the NFC South is going yes. to be a dog fight this year. Uh, yeah. I agree. It might not be, a good one. Yeah, not a good one. I believe. It was right. last year, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, it came it down was, to the last game and, and essentially the, the Panthers game, but but I mean, the Buccaneers only had a, a one-game lead on the other teams, and it was it was kind of a a dogfight the whole way. It's going to be interesting to see when when after free agency is over and and after uh, the draft is over, what the odds are for the Super Bowl teams and and how the NFC South looks. But I'm just telling you right now, folks, don't wait until uh, you know until then to to look at the odds. You got March Madness around the corner, man. Yes. It starts tomorrow, right? Cannot yeah. wait. March Madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting on the eventual national champion, or you're simply looking for player and game props, my bookie has you covered. Getting started with, with my bookie is simple. Visit the website online, make your first deposit, use the promo code Pewter to claim an exclusive deposit bonus. That's promo code Pewter to claim some extra money on top of your initial deposit. With hundreds of thousands in prizes for March Madness and weekly blackjack tournaments, you can turn your game day into payday with MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Guys, this is the best time oh, to join MyBookie. It is. Uh, you've got so much going on. Baseball's you know around the corner. You've got NHL. You've got March Madness. You have UFC fights. Um, and here's the great thing, too. When you're a MyBookie client... Uh, my bookie every once in a while would just give you free money. I just got a $20 free play to to bet on March Madness games, and I did that. So, uh, yes, I put some money on my Kansas State Wildcats. I also put some money on Marquette. I put some money on Texas, nice. spread it around a little bit. But uh, that's the beauty is is you will get, uh, you know, and usually it's, it starts with, with, uh, with football season. They'll give you a $20 free play. They'll give you a $20 free play for hockey, baseball. It's just great. So there's there's no other place like my bookie. Make sure that you sign up using promo code Pewter. Scott, a a cool thing is if Kansas State can get to the Sweet 16, they will play at Madison Square Garden, 
yes. in New York City. So they will be going to the original Manhattan, the That's bigger, right. a little bit bigger, the bigger <laughs> Manhattan. The little apple goes to the big apple. Yeah, the little That's, apple goes to the big yeah. apple. So that would uh, that would be really cool. Yeah. You. And actually, speaking of that, uh, just a comment here uh, uh, from Flash Gordon. I like the Kansas State guy. It's uh, Felix Enodike Uzama. But I like Yaya as well. And there's another Louisville guy. Uh, that's Yaya Diaby. That's a player that that we all like, um, and he's you know he, he's definitely in the mix. What I like about Yaya Diaby is he's not just your your classic edge rusher. Look at this dude; he's got some size. Yeah. He's about two hundred and seventy pounds, six three two seventy. Ran a four five six. So when you look at the likes of of uh, Felix Anodike Ozama, this guy's about 10, 15 pounds heavier. And Will McDonald checked in at two thirty eight, I think, or two thirty nine at the combine. This guy's got about 25 pounds on McDonald's. So Yaya Diaby is a player to keep an eye on for the Buccaneers. One of the other guys that, that Todd Bowles and Jason Light met with formally at the combine. Yes, it is. Uh, a lot of different options for the Bucs. So um, the, it'll be interesting to see what way they go. It'll be very fun to see where they decide in free agency next because that will help us pick up some more context clues of where they might target early in the draft, where they might not target anymore. Um, I see some people yeah, talking about uh, Lipke on day three, pair him with Cole Keith and have a poor man's upper Midwest Ohio backfield talking about Hunter <laughs> yeah. Lipke out of um, North, North Dakota. State. Yeah, North Bison, Dakota State. Yeah. That would, that would uh, be like bringing the L train. He's almost like Mike Allstott. I'm not going to say he is Mike Allstott. He's like a poor man's Mike Allstott. But he wouldn't be the A train. He'd be the L train in Tampa for sure. You know what? You can sell me on it because the Bucks struggled so badly in short yardage situation yeah, right. that they need a guy to get the, the short yard. I know. So, and Coquip isn't really a runner. I know he lines up in the backfield, but he doesn't. He's not really accustomed to taking handoffs. So, yep. uh, you can sell me on it. Right now, I would say no, but I could be convinced. Yep, I'm with you on that. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go in free agency. We'll take a quick look again at, at what they've done and some of the players left on uh, on our board, uh, not necessarily the Bucks board in, in this order. But, you know, so far, so great for the Bucks. I think given <laughs> their limited resources, Jamel yeah. Dean, Levante David. In between, you got Baker Mayfield, Stinney and Nelson. Right. And then these are some names that we've talked about on the show and, and a couple of others. Uh, Will Golston, Akeem Hicks. You know, I'm not sure if he comes back or not, but. If some of these guys like Golston and Hicks come back literally for the league minimum, sure, bring them on sure. because you need some bodies up front. Uh, you can't just draft some defensive tackles and expect them to come in right away and make an impact. Defensive tackle is one of the hardest spots to come in and just find immediate success. Uh, we rattled off you know, the names before. The greatest Buccaneer defensive tackles, right? <laughs> Warren Sapp, three sacks as a rookie. Gerald McCoy, three sacks as a rookie. Uh, you had uh, Vita Vea, three sacks as a rookie, right? All those guys are pro bowlers. Uh, Santana Dotson's the only guy drafted, at, I think, in the fifth round out of Baylor back in, what, 91, 92? He had 10 sacks as a rookie. Still the, the leading sacker for the Buccaneers as a rookie. And, and you know what? Never got that number again, even though he went on to find more success in Green Bay and won a Super Bowl with the Packers with Brett Favre. Never even got close to 10 sacks, but... Um, it's hard. It's a hard uh, position to come in. This is mm. not a good defensive tackle draft. We we I feel all like see that. said that the last four years. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a hard position to fill, and so I, I'm I'm not opposed to bringing Will Golston or Akeem Hicks back, uh, just as as bodies, really, to to help um, you know give Vita Vea 
a breather and and also uh, you know logan hall uh he's he's got to really beef up this year and step up what do you think the number is for mike edwards i don't know yeah i'm, I'm not, not we talked about yesterday. Do you do you think there's a number where just looking at the safety class and who's signed and who hasn't, other than obviously Jesse Bates? I mean, you you think it's at four? He comes back and is like, I'll take three for twelve. Do you think that's something the Bucks would do? Uh, yeah, I, I I think they would if it's if it's under four. Yeah, I I do. I he knows the defense. He's young. I think he stepped up this past year. He's young. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm not opposed to bringing all three of, of these guys back, right? Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, Cano Neal, and you draft another safety or two, and then you let them duke it out in camp. And maybe Neal's the odd man out. You know, maybe it's maybe it's Logan Ryan if he, uh, you know, if, if he kind of shows his age a little bit, and um, or maybe it's Mike Edwards. You bring him back, and and the rookie comes in and and steals the spot. Okay, let me let me nothing wrong with competition. That. Yeah, let, let me ask you guys that. Because if they're able to bring back, let's say they bring back Will Golston and you get one of the two, one of the three safeties there between Ryan Edwards and Cano Deal. So essentially the big additions would be maybe someone on the defensive line uh, along with, you know, Golston and maybe like they draft the safety. You're essentially, with the, with the exception of a couple of new pieces, you're bringing back the same defense from last season. Yeah. Are you yeah. guys content with that defense with the understanding of, all right, this is on the offense, like the offense needs to play better. So you guys are good with the production that the defense brought last year and it's on the offense to get better. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think so. Be, just because that defense last year, right, they played 17 games in 10 of those, they held opponents to 21 points or less. That's yeah. winning football in the modern day. It used to be 17 points back in the Tony Dungy 90s, right? Now with scoring at you know a little bit more of a premium because the, the rules favor the offense in the passing game, 21 points. That, that's that's a really good marker right there. I think 21 points or less, you got a really, really good chance of winning that game. And the Buccaneers were seven and three in those games last year. So yeah. you're gonna have some shootouts, right? The Bucks defense is not gonna be able to wear the superhero cape every single game, every single week. But to have more than half of your games at 21 points or less. Uh, and and the Buccaneers only won eight games last year, fellas, and and seven <laughs> of those were when the defense held the opponents to twenty one points or less. So yeah, if the if the offense does its job, and I'm telling you right now, and and I, I I don't know why I believe this. This is just some crazy faith, I guess, on my part. But I'm telling you right now, I I'm assuming it's going to be Baker Baker Mayfield over Kyle Trask for the starting job. I'm I'm not going out on a limb there, right? But I'm telling you right now. Uh, with, with Tom Brady gone, we're going to see exactly how much Byron Leftwich is going to be exposed. Because with Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich, this, this offense averaged 18 points per game. And I think that with Baker Mayfield, they're going to average at least 20, if not 21 points per game with Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield. And that's going to be an absolute indictment on Byron Leftwich and just how bad he was last year. Scott, I'll take it one step further. I'll go where you didn't go. I think this team could potentially win more games than they did last year. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I really think they do. Can. Um, you know, and, and the defense, I mean, yeah, you, you put it out perfectly. 10 games, 22 points or less. Well, you know, like maybe 
three of those games, they had their entire starting roster on the field. Uh, they were hit hard early with injuries and injuries that took guys out for weeks at a time. If yeah. they can even stay healthier, add some younger pieces to additions and keep some of these main guys on the roster, bring back um, a Mike Edwards. And then, you know, you can really, it, it lets you and it opens up the draft board. They could go wide receiver in the first yeah. round if they want. They, they could go anywhere, really. Um, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to set themselves up for is to go be able to go best player available in their mind. Um, and, and that'd be perfect uh, for the team to continue to build. Uh, and whether you're putting pieces on the offense or putting pieces early on the defense, I mean, it's only going to improve this team. I don't think, like I said, I don't think the Super Bowl is necessarily open. I think the NFC South is is – Still, the Bucks to lose. Um, it's a little bit more open for sure, but I still think it's the Bucks to lose. And the NFC conference as a whole, it's just who's going to step up. There's no yeah. team. The Eagles just lost half their defense. You know, like there's no team in the NFC right now that says they're going to be a problem next year. The rest of the NFC, the rest of the league needs to watch out when you can say that about four or five teams in the AFC. So it's really wide open. If they make yeah. the correct moves and bring the right guys in here. Why shouldn't? Why can't we talk about the Bucks potentially being an NFC Championship game next season? I, th- I think that's a little lofty. I think winning the NFC South would would be <laughs> would would be my my limit right now. I wouldn't say the NFC South or NFC Championship. We'll see, uh, Matt. Let's wrap it up here with the super chat here. Yeah, shout out to ET for the four ninety nine super chat. Appreciate it. They say, uh, "Where is the cap at?" Lenny Braid suck up still on the books. Thanks, PR. Go Bucks. So that was interesting with Lenny and Braid. Um, we came out with the reports that they are going to be released, but they can't release them until, well, starting today when the new league started. So when the Bucks were getting cap compliant, they were able to get cap, cap compliant without Brayton and Fournette coming off the books just yet. Now they yeah. are coming off the books and it clears them, um, clears them at least like Five, four and yeah, a half, five million. Brates right, around two. Lenny's yeah. over three. So just about five million for that suck up from what I'm hearing is going to stay. They're going to need him this year, right? If you're going to have a young quarterback, a new play caller, mm-hmm. uh, you it stinks that that you're you're not going to maybe have that range of 50 plus. But the guy's just about automatic from 47 in. Yeah, I'm going to put that on Bowles too, Scott. Because Bowles, like, trot him out for a 55-yard field goal. (laughs) And, like, we're all sitting there, like, what is he doing? He's not going to hit this. And he's, like, like, completely (laughs) Fourth and three, too. Exactly. (laughs) Don't put him in that situation. If you know we can't hit. Like, if you want to try him at 50, fine. I get it. But, like, made one. Four yard. Well, here, here's some it. here's something to consider, and this is something the Buccaneers are thinking about. Um, it's, it's not a, a, a done deal by any means, but here's something they're thinking about. And the Falcons did this a couple years ago when when um, you know when when their kicker um, you know was getting up there in age. Matt, I'm forgetting his last name. This is showing my age here. It was a former Brian? Tampa Bay, Matt Bryant. Matt Bryant, thank you. Yeah, when he when he was was not hitting long distance kicks, they had their punter go out and try a couple of long distance kicks. Mm. Now Matt, uh, you know Matt Sucker or um, uh, Ryan, Ryan Suckup, he, Ryan. you know, he had seven field goals uh, attempts of over fifty yards, seven the entire year. That's that's not even one every other week. Mm. So, and and I'm with you, Matt. Some of those kicks like. Probably shouldn't even attempted those, the 55 yard or 57, whatever yeah. it was. But my whole thing is, is why don't you let Jake Camarda in training camp practice 
some of those kicks. Because if you're only going to trot yeah. out, you know, if you're only going to try five to seven plus 50 kicks, this guy's got a booming leg. He's your kickoff guy to begin with, right? He's got a booming leg as, as, as a punter. He's a great athlete. He's young. Why not sit there and have him be the long distance field goal specialist? To me, yeah, that makes a ton of fun. sense. They, uh, they especially did that. if it's five to seven times per year. Yeah, they did that. I forgot if it was 19, 20, or 21, but they did that with uh, Bradley Pinion when he was the punter yeah. for the Bucs because he also did the kickoffs. And it was like, it was at halftime, right before halftime, right. and they were at midfield. So it kind of yeah. like made sense. But I'm I'm with you. Like, why not? If you're going to try like a crazy 57 yarder yeah. at the end of the half or. You know, it's a tie game at the end of the fourth quarter. Right. It's either try this or going to overtime. I'm with you. I mean, what do you really got to lose there? And Kamara's game for it. He's clearly athletic. We saw the <laughs> yeah, he kicked, great play he, he made last before. year on the botch yeah. run. Yeah. And he kicked before. He's an athlete. He's played a lot of right. different sports. He's talked about it. I'm with you. I, I'm all in for it. And for uh, it. if you're uh, if you're all in on the Bucks and you like reading Bucks content, watching it, please follow us uh, and read pewterreport.com follow us on our social media at twitter uh, at pewter report on twitter instagram and facebook our youtube channel is pewter report tv please like and subscribe to our youtube channel we do the podcast there four times a week we have various clips that we put up from literally anything that has to do with the box whether it's conversations we have um, talking to prospects at the combine things for the draft things during the season you want it, we have it on our YouTube channel. So follow us on social media. Please like and subscribe to Pewter Report TV for all of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers coverage. But um, that's going to do it for us on tonight's show. For J.C. Allen, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow, tomorrow. at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. What a day. What a day uh, for the Bucs. Out. Levante, a Buccaneer for life. <laughs> Jamel Dean tomorrow. <laughs>